0: Welcome to Episode 76 of New Indian Woman Podcast, airing first in late October 2022 and I am your host Krishna. In the last episode, that is Part 1 of this two-part series, we had a quick introduction to Dr. Nandita Iyer and then we discussed about the title of her latest book, This Handmade Life and the importance of rediscovering the joy of making with hands. If you missed that episode, I recommend you first listen to that one. The link is given below in the show notes. And then continue listening to part two. In part two, we will talk about the seven skills that Dr. Nandita has elaborated in the book and so much more. And uh, so there again... When we talk about planning and this notion of planning these playdates and all that that you said, that reminds me of this. We want to plan everything. Either we say, I don't plan, I'm completely ad hoc and all that. But then we tend to focus a lot on perfectionism in everything in terms of what our children do in what we do. And that introduces that fear about starting anything. And we touched upon being imperfect is fine earlier, but I see that in every one of the sections in the book where you have said how we start off and uh, addressing that fear how you can start off minimally and then you end the chapter by saying how you can just evolve it into a business so could you just talk about this fear about a fear associated with planning fear associated with perfection and that translating into a starting trouble
1: I fully identify with the term starting trouble because I experienced that very liberally in different aspects of my own life. Uh, You know, something very much (laughs) what we are doing now, which is podcasting. And I've been thinking and thinking about it for the last four and five years. I've even attended courses on podcasting, but somehow I always felt that, you know, how will I find content to put out every week or every fortnight? And how am I going to record it, how am I going to edit it? Is it going to sound good? And uh, so many such questions that cross our head and the typical overthinking which a lot of us, you know unintentionally we get drowned by and which kind of pulls us down and prevents us from just setting free and getting just getting started with something. And especially if it's a work that involves putting yourself out there in the public, like a YouTube or a podcast where people will either see you or listen to you. And, you know, you're worried if it's going to be worth while or if you're good enough to do that, etc. Right. But when it comes to making things for yourself and handmade stuff, see, look, be it a garden or be it a bread or be it a pickle. It's you and your family who's going to eat it first. And, you know, you are very much in control of the process. And, you know, even if it goes bad, you can also start from a very small quantity and not try out like a one kilo thing. Uh, Mm. You can start small and see how it turns out and then adjust and do better the next time. So I think especially in handmade and when you're starting off making for yourself and your family, uh, definitely there's no need for that fear of failure because you're just doing it for yourself. And... uh, And you are the judge and you are going to correct it and do something better the next time. So I feel like, uh, as again, something that you're going to put out in public where the fear is very much, uh, I, I can say that it is quite logical to be afraid of something new. But in this department, you don't have to be. And it also, I think, being free in this also helps you be free in the other aspects of life where you feel, yeah, let me try it, it's not... Worst case, you know, it, it won't be perfect and which then I won't post it on Instagram, but there's nothing, <laughs> nothing bigger that's going to damage. Uh, uh, I'm not going to waste too much money or like all the projects in this book are pretty much made using very everyday things. There's nothing too fancy, too expensive going on. Uh, you know, I'm not asking people to buy like, buy an expensive kanji varam sari and cut it and make something out of it. You're making stuff using old t shirts or, you know, your old dupattas which are anyway lying around the house. So I feel like uh, you're not wasting money, you're not wasting too much time. And you're making it for yourself. So you this whole fear aspect should go and you should just push yourself and get started because that that not be the thing that stops you.
0: Yeah, fear is one thing and another is excuses. Okay, let me be honest here. When I saw the section on soaps, I thought soaps requires lots of things. And I'm already building my list of excuses. And then I come to the section and you are saying, start with these bare minimum things. And even there you were suggesting if you don't have this, you may find this in your house. You can use this or even for some vessels and things like that. So you have like brought down to the bare minimum where my excuse list is like, I can't, (laughs) these excuses are not going to work. So in fact, it was an eye-opener for me in terms of how much I'm creating that excuse list. So for example, I was thinking, I had one episode, uh, some of the listeners may uh, remember one episode where I discussed with a friend as to how to reimagine festivals. So I was just thinking like, When I saw the book, the section where you talk about soaps and bath powders and such things, I was thinking, oh, you know, that may be a different way of celebrating Diwali this time, creating those with hand. And uh, so these excuses is one thing you have very clearly, uh, not explicitly stated, but you have tried to address them in the book because we cannot have excuses. I feel if we have. If we set aside even one hour a week, there are enough things to start doing with our hands. While we may feel that many of us are so busy that we can't set aside even one hour, but I'm sure if you use an app and figure out how many hours we are browsing in our phone, it will go beyond one hour every day. At least that's been my experience. So even that excuse of finding one hour is uh, something, oh, oh God. I'm browsing phone much more than that. So I really liked that. You know, where what is the bare minimum you can start with? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you were about to say something.
1: Yes, I love how you kind of figured out the uh, excuse angle because I had not even thought about it, to be honest. It just came in the flow when I was writing that, you know, it's always even though things are available on amazon or these platforms very easily and stuff but you know for people to start off with it's always nice to just reach out whatever is in your house and get started with that because that's the path of least resistance there are no mm-hmm. roadblocks on that path and uh, once you like the process then you will happily keep buying stuff in fact. I'm a part of a couple of uh, international groups of soap makers on Facebook, at least in the early days, I would get a lot of inspiration from them. And, uh, you know, once they start, they are just making soaps and more soaps and more soaps, like the rooms are getting filled up with soap. And they (laughs) kept figuring out whom do I give? Like, where do I sell this? Or what do I do with this? Because it just becomes a kind of such a passion. And same with gardening, like, you know people go abroad people go to other states in india they first look for plants and seeds like what can we get back home and what can we grow new and even like house plants if you see there are some uh, accounts on instagram where even the tiniest of apartments in a new new york city like place they'll start off with one plant and finally mm-hmm. they have no place to like even keep <laughs> their own food they have covered their whole house with plants so once you start liking something then you will go seeking out the ingredients the projects the groups the inspirations to make such things but my book is just like a stepping stone on how to get started so i didn't want to push people into doing way too much because uh, having like 10 things to buy and all that can be overwhelming if not uh if, even if it's not treated as an excuse just the thing that you have to go and get all these things and it's just tiresome for anybody who keeps thinking yeah. about it which was the reason why uh I started this off with such baby steps and uh, that's how I like to start any journey. Uh, You know, tomorrow if I start a woodworking or something, I'm not going to set up a full-fledged carpentry workshop in my house. I'll start with something small. So I just feel like that's how I would like to start and that's how I thought would be comfortable for uh, anyone to start.
0: That's so nice. Uh, Nandita, would you please explain the structure of the book? which all handmade activities you cover... I would prefer if you do that instead of me talking about the structure, point one. For each of the activities, you cover the range of uh, basics to finally that interview with the person also. That particular structure, I really liked. Sure. So I, uh, you know,
1: I thought that this book would be nice if it was a part memoir because people can get inspired by the fact that I end up doing a lot of these things myself. Instead of just me pointing at something else and saying, hey, you know, go learn this, do that. But if it's Mm. coming from my own personal experience, it should be more relatable. And I'm very happy that a lot of readers told me that reading my own personal journey in every chapter made them feel like they can also do it. And the fact that even I started everything from scratch and I had no prior experience in any of these uh, departments. Mm. That's why the first chapter my journey as a maker was exploring my own journey and it was kind of sitting down to think what I was doing in my childhood, what I did later on when I was in college and how in my life I went into these different lanes of the handmade life and Mm. uh, explored and what I liked and what I didn't like so much. It was a kind of an introspective writing, this chapter, because, you know, we also forget what we did as kids and we don't remember so much.
0: Mm. And it was not
1: like our... Parents were on Instagram and Twitter to document our whole childhood, right? So we have no, nothing, no documentation to fall back on. So just thinking about the childhood and thinking about what I did, that, that felt great. And, you know, I felt like if I could do so much as a child, like, for example, stitching my sister's birthday frock when I was just 10 years old, when mm-hmm. I stitched a small frock for my sister when, on her first birthday because we are like 10 years apart. And I thought if I could do that as an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old kid, imagine the possibilities that I can do now. So I (laughs) feel like the child me inspired the adult me in many ways. And that's what I've tried to capture in that chapter. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I went into things like the first chapter is on baking, which includes both uh, breads uh, made with yeast. It includes very basic cakes. Like I feel everyone should know how to bake a basic birthday cake a basic cookie, uh, one simple muffin, like a simple loaf of bread. And I think COVID taught us all that, you know, a time may come when it may be difficult to even get out of your house and buy a bread. So if you just could make bread with uh, flour and salt and water, which is sourdough bread, which became the rage during the lockdown, etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what a talent that is. And mm-hmm. how underappreciated that was until we saw what, covid and lockdowns were made up of right so true, true. that baking chapter is all about knowing the absolute basics one of each thing that is very useful in your everyday life or to gift a friend like hmm. you know you can order the fanciest of cakes uh, for your friend or your neighbor for their birthday or some occasion but will that be something that you've made a slightly imperfect loaf of bread you bake it freshly and take take it to them on a Sunday morning for their breakfast I think they will never forget you and that absolutely just that sweet I completely mixture.
0: agree yeah so
1: invariably when I'm baking I'll make two loaves because the oven is anyway running it's not that much of an extra work and I'll always gift one to any of my neighbors whom I know likes bread so I think <laughs> it's it's uh, just knowing this simple act and doing this simple act of uh, giving someone something handmade. I think that that is the beauty of this book and of this gesture, right? So that's the first chapter is on baking. The second is on uh, spices. So again, so many things that we can do with spices, right? From making spice mixes to making our own different spiced vinegars to pickles and a lot of things that can be done with spices. And uh, again, you can take this on as a project, And these make such great gifts, because if you look up any supermarket or any gourmet kind of a supermarket or an online store, the kind of spice mixes that are sold and herbal Mm -hmm. spice mixes, and they're so expensive, but they're just so simple. You just put it in a pretty glass jar and everything looks good. And you print (laughs) a label and you have like the fanciest gift to give away for Diwali or any such thing where Hmm. you have not. No plastic was used in the making of correct, it. Correct, correct. And uh, so that's all about spices. Then the third chapter is all about fermentation, which again, I got interested uh, over the last two years because, you know, as someone who loves cooking, we end up buying a lot of vegetables sometimes. And if you're ordering online, you will end up ordering too much of everything without hmm. knowing how much is the actual quantity, which when you go to a market, you see that, hey, my this bag is full, so it should be enough mm-hmm. for my week. But, you know, this helps in... Uh, preserving your vegetables and things like chilies and stuff in a very simple way that you're not contributing to food waste. And uh, it gives you probiotics in your food. And it it amps up the flavor in your food, like by 100x, 1000x. It's like the products of fermentation are so highly flavorsome. And just adding a little bit of it as a condiment to your meal just uh, takes your takes the flavors of your food to another level so just and also the health benefits that come from making all these kombuchas or be it some kind of uh, you know fermented salsa or lacto-fermented uh, vegetables or hot sauce and uh, again they make great gifts and you save a ton of money because these things are the current rage and they cost a bomb if you go to buy all these products so yeah. that's the third chapter and the fourth chapter is homemade beauty uh, So this is everything other than soap making because that is dealt with in the next chapter. So these Mm -hmm. are like very simple herb and uh, botanical ingredients which are put together. And this is very much what our grandparents and all used to do, like making these hair wash powders and, you know, body scrubbing powders. And those days when my grandmother used to wash my hair with shikakai and it used to go into my eyes. I was like, why on earth am I not getting some nice colored shampoos? (laughs) <laughs> why Why is this viral thing going into my eyes and making me cry and it just smells disgusting and i would not like it one bit but now mm. i i'm going i've gone back myself to washing my hair with rita and Shikakai. i feel like uh you know shampoos are just so full of chemicals and they're making us go gray and bald very quickly so mm. uh I feel like uh, it, it, that's a great place to go back to with respect to what our ancestors used to use. And I think uh, I, like I, I I know because my great-grandmother well into her 80s, she had like black, more black than gray. And mm-hmm. <laughs> in my 40s, I'm the reverse. So I feel like, uh, you know, that if that really helped them stay uh, like the hair and skin was great without doing one, you know, visit to the salon or anything putting anything extra I thought that that that's a great chapter
0: and if the listener at this moment is wondering that but I'm getting all natural whatever is labeled as natural we know quite a bit of it maybe not all products but quite a bit of them are not exactly and nothing comes close to what you make yourself
1: No, absolutely a lot of products that go by the name of herbal They have nothing but a herbal, artificial herbal fragrance added to them, not even the essential oil. So I feel Mm. like, uh, uh, you know, best thing is to first check the ingredients list and you will know exactly what's gone into that. Because as per our uh, country's regulations, you can't add one thing and write something else on the label because that is punishable by law. So Mm. uh, Always read labels, even if you're buying something. And if you think it's natural, you will know from the ingredients. Like you will identify and you will understand what the ingredients are, not complicated chemical names, which you will see hmm. if it is like a regular shampoo. Yeah. You know, uh, all that. So then the next chapter is all about soap making. and It's one of my favorite things because I have been making soaps for the last eight years and I rarely ever use uh, a bought soap. It's all always something that's made by me. And also because I have very dry skin and I found that only my own homemade soaps work best on my skin. And they make the best, best gifts. And always I try to give at least one or two soaps to any friend. I'm visiting them. Uh, you know, I keep talking about this gifting thing a lot. But I feel like in today's times, especially if you're uh, you know in a certain social class, you have everything that you need. Everything is available at a click of a button and is delivered to you. Within 24 hours. So there is no need to wait for anything, or there's there's no lack. Hmm. Uh, if people want something, they go and get it. Get so it. I feel like how what do you give people who have everything that they want anyway, right? So these make the best kind of gifts because it's made by you. You have put in the time, the thought, the energy into making something for somebody and you're giving it to them. And what is more thoughtful and a gesture of love than giving something? giving someone something that you have made and that correct, is not replaceable correct. and that cannot be bought by any amount of money
0: right correct. so absolutely sorry yes. for digressing no no it is completely I, I in fact i had that as a question because that was yeah. a common yeah. element coming gifting yeah. was coming in yeah. every step yeah yeah
1: so the next thing is kitchen gardening again very small project starting from growing your own sprouts at home Uh, Talking about microgreens, which are again the rage now, and they're very expensive when you go to buy a tray of microgreens, but it's so simple to make at home, grow at home. And then very basic projects like making your own compost, which we all should do, given that uh, all our food waste will otherwise go into a a landfill. uh, And in return, you get the most amazing uh, manure for your soil and your plants. Uh, and then uh, just a simple project like growing your own tomatoes, which you can even do in a pot on your windowsill. So, again, keeping it very simple. The last thing is about the last thing is something that I've just very recently started doing, which is crochet and uh, tie dye and uh, making homemade dyes, etc. Again, that was, uh, you know, I went into it to reduce my food base. Sometimes we buy a lot of flowers, and you can end up using that to make some dyes. Uh, things like avocados and all when you buy a lot of them you can keep the peels and the stones you can make a dye out of that you can make dyes from pomegranate peels and you know if you have some old white t-shirt which is kind of faded and you're bored of wearing that but just a very simple tie-dye techniques and using these waste products food based products you can create the most beautiful designs for your own clothes or like even a simple thing like a hanky or a kitchen towel it just becomes so much more beautiful So this is Mm -hmm. not as much functional as it's beauty and it's just finding uh, beauty in these everyday little things in your life. And then of course, crochet, which, which is so calming for the mind. It's like a repetitive one stitch that you go on doing. And I think I got into it because of COVID anxiety and just seeing things spiral around me and crochet just helped me stay so calm. And I would just listen to a podcast on the side or something and do this crochet and you can take on the simplest of projects like granny squares which is nothing but a three inch or a four inch square which you can do (laughs) it in 15 to 20 minutes so it's not like I'm going to sit and crochet a sweater or something for myself so and these squares can later on be joined to make a throw or something else so again Mm. such tiny bite-sized projects but it's like a 20 minute meditation where your hands are moving but your mind is so calm so uh so that was that's the last chapter uh i mean that's the seventh skill chapter and then the mm-hmm. last chapter i focused on the business of handmade because again uh you know the pandemic taught us that it's good to have uh, always have some alternate sources of income it's always helpful and of course that is the other positive side effect of doing all this the main effects are of course you yourself finding joy and fulfillment and a sense of mental well-being out of all this but if it also you can generate an income given how much the value of handmade is increasing now like handmade soaps are being sold for 3 and 400 rupees a piece uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, hot sauces are again 4 500 uh, if you're like homemade jams and preserves are like you know everything handmade has a cost attached to it and it's not like a market price that you know you cannot cross 100 rupees if the market is paying you and if they like what you are selling they are willing to pay you anything so mm-hmm. if this if this is truly your passion and your interest and you would love to do this then you can very well make a business out of it and a lot of women who are at home or stay at home mums and they want to do something extra with their time and if they really like something like you know one of these projects they can totally make that their niche and make it their brand and you know do great things with that which is why i've also interviewed uh, eight women in my book who are experts in each of these different fields. And, you know, they have shared their journey and how they grew in the journey. And I, I thought personally, for me, it was very inspiring. And therefore, it, it will also be inspiring to the reader to talk to understand their journey and how they went about it. So yeah. that's the, my book in a nutshell.
0: The thanks for that. I still want to take some some section, for example, homemade beauty and talk about The subsections within because Landita talks about, for example, the benefits of making handmade products, myths around the natural products, so-called natural products, what not to put on your face, then what kind of items from from your own pantry you can use in making. And there are no fancy things there, you know, it is something which you would... And wherever she's talking about a particular powder or something, she says, "If you can make this at home. But if you cannot, for whatever reason, this is how you can get it. You can buy that and also, you know, so whether it is hair care or face, she gives what can be used from your own pantry. You start with the basics in some other section, for example, the vessels. If it is baking, what is the bare minimum you need? And ends with this... Uh, particular section where somebody has made it into a business and overall after all these seven skills later comes this uh, section where if you want to start a business how you go about doing it you know right from social media to how getting approvals and whatever is required for that so that's really beautiful and it is no coincidence that The people she interviewed, uh, if you all noticed, it was eight women who did this. And they also talk about maybe some amount of insecurities, how they started off. They all started at home and then expanded. So that's very beautiful. So really a wonderful book. And for before we close, one question is, so a listener who is excited about this, but then they think, okay, I don't know anything. I, I have never done crochet. I have not done cooking or whatever it is and if I look back at my childhood I can't remember anything apart from you know anything handmade like maybe somebody was into sports maybe somebody was into something else so what would your tips for them be if they are interested in this excited uh, to know about uh, the possibilities and the benefits etc um yeah it's a
1: good question so I you know, that, that's the whole point of, of this book. This book is not for people who are already making everything and who are heavily into a handmade life. The purpose of this book is to inspire people that these are just seven of the so many different avenues you can get into and start with something very small. Like, hmm. for example, the gardening chapter starts with mung sprouts which is nothing but you soak the moong beans, you drain it and you're keeping it in a daba and it is just sprouting on its own. You don't have to do anything. But just your intent of having bought the beans, washed it, soaked it, drained it and keeping it in a dry place and monitoring it every you know 12 hours to see if it's sprouted already. Uh, it's just your supervision. like You are the manager and the sprout is doing its own work but you're just supervising if it's doing its job correctly. Same with fermentation, you are just mixing the salt and the vegetables and the water uh, or the chilies, and you're just just keeping an eye out from a distance. You're not even, you don't have to open and stir and do things actually that will, uh, you know, mess up things. So, passively watch, just be aware of what process is going on. I don't think it gets easier or uh, less time intensive than this because it's just so gentle. And such a mild way to start something handmade. And then, you know, when you realize that, oh my God, with literally doing nothing, I got these lacto-fermented chilies that taste so amazing. The brine tastes so great in a cocktail or adding it as a salad dressing. So I feel like with doing nothing, if I've got so much, if I end up doing more things with my hands, imagine the rewards. Imagine the joy. So mm-hmm. that's that's the whole uh, reason for my book. It's for people to understand that handmade doesn't mean sitting and working seven to eight hours doing things with your hands the whole day. Even I don't do that. But knowing the possibilities with very little investment from your side, and then getting hooked on to it. That's how I want people to get started.
0: Thank you for that. Of course, for the listeners, we will share all the links for the book and Anandita's blog and how to subscribe to her newsletter and all that. Uh, Thanks again. And in our podcast, we also feature women who inspire from whom we can all learn. We would like to welcome you to one more episode in future where we get to learn from your life journey because it's been so versatile, moving from one thing to other. While you say that you are nervous and all that, you have tried out so many things. So we would also like to have some episode with maybe sometime in future, we will do that.
1: I would love that. Now that you've spoken
0: once, maybe I won't be as nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. with that, we come to the end of another episode of New Indian Woman. See you again in the next episode. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now.